I'll say again how great it is to have our visitors with us. It's great to have the Busio family from Puyallup with us today, too. Amen. I'm, this time I'm going to invite Bishop to come forward and share with you what he has from the Lord. Praise God. It's good to be here for change on Sunday. Oftentimes when we are in a group, we may change the view of ourselves or the, pers- the perspective of who we are. As an individual, the, as the group grows, maybe sometimes the more insignificant we might feel about who we are or what we are in comparison to the number. Now, there's not a, I mean, the room is full. There's not a lot of people here. But if we were in a group of 300 or 500 or, you know, and as the number grows, the more little old me and the little old, and the big old group, we begin to feel about <clears throat> ourselves. And uh, when we consider the, you know, the population of the world, and we look at ourselves in the eyes of God, well, we're not even, a, you know, a speck. We're not even a, sometimes, how we see, how we think as an individual. I'd like to read to you out of Genesis chapter 6. At verse 12. Now, <clears throat> let me explain something. I think three days ago, I was up at midnight, and uh, I went into the living room, and on my phone, not even on my computer, I was able to copy and paste scriptures, surprise myself, into Word documents or, you know, Google documents, and I thought, huh, okay, and I had preached on, in Kent last week on separation and consecration, and I felt like this was just a continuance, and so... As God led me in the scripture, I'm, you know, copying and pasting. I'm thinking, okay, so he's preparing me for something. I don't know where it is, though, that I'm going to use this, but I'll use this somewhere. And so I'm, I know that when I was here Wednesday night, I think it was Wednesday, uh, Elder Hart asked if I would be available on Sunday to speak. And so I'm thinking, man, that ain't Sunday material. I mean, that's more like a Wednesday night material. That's a... A midweek, inner circle, close, I don't know, you know. And so, you know, Sunday's approaching, and I'm waiting. And uh, then this morning I got up, and I was reading Acts 4 and Acts 5. and Those are electrifying chapters in the book of Acts. And I thought, okay, this is more like it. <laughs> I'm ready for this one. And then I walk in here, and you, some of you start walking in here. And I find it so interesting how as the group assembles and changes, how that affects the inspiration and the direction for what I'm going to talk to you about. Now, this is why I'm telling you this. I want you to know and be assured that the Lord wants you to hear something from him here today. 
for you. Now, that's how significant you are to him. So, and God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. This is like 1970. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, the end of all flesh is come before me. For the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. I might have started reading too early. Uh, several scriptures back, it just makes the statement that God was upset with the world and he was going to do something about it. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And I don't know which scripture that was. That was back several up. But one man, his life, his relationship and reflection to God. The Bible says he walked with God. Now, this is Old Testament believer. This is not a spirit-filled New Testament believer. But nevertheless, this is a believer. This is a human being walking upon the earth created by man or created by God. And the Bible is telling us that something about this man touched the heart of God. And even though there were masses upon the earth at this time, God saw the significance of an individual whose life was looked toward him. Now, the majority or the rest of mankind, the way we read it, they were filled with themselves. All they were consumed with was what they could do for themselves. And they paid no mind, no attention to God. They went about their life, living their life, and paying no attention to God. Now, you are sitting in the assembly of the righteous this morning. You got up. You got out of bed. You put clothes on. You got in your car. And you said... Baby, pack the kids. We're going to church. And she probably said back to you, will you help? Get him in the car. Let's get him there. Nevertheless, you came because you have a focus right now towards him. You're not caught up with the affairs of the day. You're not caught up with everything in your responsibility at home. You have set aside this time to consecrate to God. And I would tell you that this makes every single one of us here a significant individual in the eyes and in the mind of God. He knows where you are. He knows your concerns. He knows the things that are ahead. He knows the past. Yet he's still looking at you. You're a significant one to him because you're looking to him. 
He knows where you're headed. And he knows whether you're going to let him lead you. Let me say that again. He knows whether you are going to let him lead you into your divine destiny. In other words, everything that he mapped out in his mind from the beginning of time and the purpose that he has in your creation. He knows and he looks ahead and he waits for you and I to come to a place of agreement and cooperation with him, which will lead you into his destiny for you. You can either stay on the map or slip off and go your own way. But. He sees you. He knows you. And you're significant. One man during that particular time when God has, was so upset with mankind. There was an individual. You know, it didn't even say Noah and his family. It didn't even say Noah and his kids or his wife. It said Noah. But those situations close to Noah were impacted by one man. Where he kept his focus affected his family. And he found grace in the eyes of God. And so, all those things that God was mapping out for the life of Noah, you know, he, he knew the things ahead. And there were some problems ahead. Noah's problems weren't going into the boat. They were when he came out of the boat. But they were ahead. But yet the Bible still speaks of this man. He found grace in the eyes of God. And now God was going to work his plan using this man. And he told him, listen, I want you to build a boat, a ship, an ark. To the saving of your house. Or Build the ark. And he did it to the saving of his house. The Bible says he moved with fear. Built, built an ark to the saving of his house. Now, let's go to uh, 1 Peter 3 and 18. You know, first we're back at present time with Noah. And now we're running all the way through scripture here. Back into 1 Peter. And now we're going to reflect back on Peter. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins. The just for the unjust. That he might bring us to God. Being put to death in the flesh. But quickened by the spirit. By which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. The, which sometime were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. While the ark was a preparing. How long was he patient? How long was he waiting? That's a long time. 
120 years. I suppose, you know, he knew the crowd would build over time. There would be more that would look to him. They would look at Noah's example and they would follow and they would join in and they would participate. And maybe possibly in time, you know, 10 years, uh, 20 years, maybe, okay, 80 years, maybe, all right, 120 Maybe there would amass a crowd that it would make it all worthwhile to do what he was going to do. God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, exactly eight souls were saved by water. We like to read this scripture because it points to baptism, the like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. But that's not my focus this morning. It's the fact that he did all that he did and was willing to do it all for eight. In relation to the population of the existing world. He was motivated by eight. You think he can't be motivated by one? You think you can't be so significant on his radar that he watches and he interjects and he intervenes on your behalf? You're special to him when your eyes are turned towards him. I read a scripture the other day that caught my uh, caught my caught me by surprise. Maybe I should just no, I'll never find it. But it referred to the hoary hair. You know what hoary hair is, Daniel. You got hoary hair. You got a good-looking head of hoary hair right there. Gray hair. Well, the Bible says that hoary hair is an honor. Wait, wait. To those that are in the way of righteousness. So it's not just because I'm a human being walking around with. I wish I had. A head of hoary hair. I got a little on the sides. But the Bible says it's an honor. But the preface to that is. When a man is in, or a woman is in the way of righteousness. Now, I don't know where all that fits in this, but anyhow. We'll move beyond that for a minute. We'll come back to that some other time. God's interested in your hair, by the way. He's interested in your hair. A lot of things in scripture about hair. Period. One day we'll talk about those things. As soon as Martin grows some. (laughs) Let's go to the book of Jeremiah chapter 1. It's... 
It's interesting how easy it is for us as individuals to even when we hear this, we cast that off to others. What, what I'm talking about is, yeah, okay, I believe what you're saying. I believe what we're reading and the significance that the scripture talks about of one, but, you know, that ain't me. That may apply to somebody, but probably somebody we don't even know. And so what we do is we shift that off into the abstract, nowhere of nothing. Like somewhere out there, there's a person that is so impacting to the heart of God. Rather than saying, he's talking to me. I'm going to embrace that. I'm going to pull that into myself. I'm going to believe. And I'm going to live my life in a way that God knows I know. And I believe in him. I was uh, on the phone with an individual and he was expressing some concerns to me. And I said, well, pray the prayer and believe your own praying. It's not just something that we do to throw words into the air to somehow make some spiritual exercise. He hears what you're saying. And specifically because of the individual that you're talking to me about, you've got a place in him for that situation. Pray the prayer. He'll hear you. He'll move. Don't try to manipulate everything around the circumstance. I mean, Abraham did that and he spent some 13, 14 years dealing with the consequences of it. Oh, that doesn't even belong in here. I don't know. The words, let's see, let's go to uh, verse oh, 14. See where that puts us. Uh, nope, 12. What is it? Four. Sorry. Yeah, four. There we go. Then said the word of the Lord. No, then the word of the Lord came unto me saying. Before I formed thee in the belly. I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb. I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet unto the couple of towns in your area. You know, maybe far reaching as Ellensburg. No. To the, let's see, I know to the country you are born in. No. To the nations. One man. Sorry, said that like a woman did. <laughs> one man. One man. One human being on the earth. Before he was born. Now, why is he sharing this stuff with us here at this late date? Is it possibly that we can understand and believe that in the concept and the mind of God, this is how he operates. And... Your time wasn't then, Reuben. Your time's now. We are the players on the field now. He 
he goes on to share, to speak about all the things that he saw in this one individual and how he would use one man to affect nations of people. Is that really possible? You know, that's, now that's kind of getting out there. You're trying to, you're telling us we ought to feel a little bit more significant about ourselves here. But that's a little far out. That's a little far reaching. Do you realize? Okay. Sometimes we separate what takes place here. In this room, we can believe for things here in this room. But if we go up on a grander scale, you know, let's start talking about governments. No, no, no. That's a whole nother world. And we don't even care about that, right? Well, he influenced the king one time to pass a tax. And the way the, the, the uh, legislation was given, it was that everybody was supposed to go to the land of their origin to be taxed. So Joseph and Mary left where they were and went on over into the other community to pay their tax because it was already prophesied and foretold. That the Christ child would be born there. And you mean to tell me you don't think that God would influence governments of this day to pass legislation to move and shift things on our behalf? One individual? I hope you'll be persuaded here today and come to a place of understanding. How significant you are to him. And his plan for your life. I bought a little red pickup. And we used it through the summer. Something happened in the crazy thing. Of course it did have 320,000 miles on it. But the motor started running a little bit. Skippy and you know. I like something that runs smooth and so I'm, I start doing things to it I change the plugs I change the wires I change some kind of a filter inside the fuel filter monitor something and I thought all right that's the last dime I'm spending on this thing what am I going to do with it so I listed for sale everybody comes and offers me half forget it get out of here so you drop the price in half they come and offer you half again And so I get an idea. I'm going to shop the auction. I'm going to buy a wrecked pickup with less miles and take the motor and put it in this pickup. Sound good? Pretty cool, right? So I get online. I make the bid. It's more than I want. But I win the auction. So now I got to go to Puyallup and uh, take the trailer and I'm going to load up this pickup truck that's been crushed, but the motor's good and it's only got a 190,000 miles on it. And I'm going to swap motors. What's wrong with that idea? Well, probably nothing. So I get to the auction yard, me and my grandson, and we are standing in line for an hour and a half at the door. Wow. Callum, he is running out of patience. This is taking a long time, he says. I agree, this is a long time. 
And so uh, finally, I'm asked, I'm called up to the counter. And I called ahead. How do I pay for this thing? They said, well, you know, there's a limit of $500 cash and you can put the rest on a card. I said, well, it's only $565. So, yeah, okay, that sounds good. If I stop and get a money order, that'll take more time. So I'll just get the cash and come. So here I am at the door. I'm called up to the desk. I've got the cash. I've got the card. She takes my cash and she says, okay, just a minute. Pardon me, sir. Sorry. Something's happening to my computer. I can't seem to get it to take the credit card. I got a solution. Just knock off 65 bucks. Take my cash and I'll go. (laughs) I'd love to do that, but I can't. Okay. Thought it was a good suggestion. She tries it again. It doesn't work. And now it registers with me. Okay, so the lady next says, do you want me to do that for you? Yeah, here. So she hands her my cash, my credit card, my driver's license. I slide down the counter, and she starts to, there's something happening to my computer. She tries it twice. Thank you for your patience, sir. You know, she tries it three times. Wait a minute. I got to call tech support. She gets on the phone, calls tech support. Tech support says, we don't know what's happened, but we just had a nationwide shutdown. (laughs) Now, I don't know who, I don't know how you feel about you, but it's been my experience That there's been times when God goes, no. I said, no. How far do you want me to go with this? Do you want me to affect everybody in Washington? Do you want me to affect all the auctions across the country? Before you realize that when you step to the counter, everything changed. Now I'm kind of enjoying this. Sorry about this, folks. Well. She says, let me go talk to the manager. I said, listen, let's just do this one more time. That's it. Let me go talk to the manager. She goes in and she comes back and she says, well, I have two options. You can come back on Monday. This is Friday. That ain't happening. Or you can leave here and go get a money order. I just stood here for an hour and a half and you had a problem with your computer and you want me to go get a money order? I said, I have a third option. Give me my cash. Give me my card. Give me my license. And we're out of here. Now, I left saying that is the last auction purchase I'll make. I've been through situations like this before. Not with auctions. Yeah, she's saying praise God. (laughs) But with God. I've had airplanes that I was supposed to get on, take off 10 minutes early. Only to find out when I got to Seattle on a later flight, the airplane had ran off the runway. I've kind of had a little bit of history 
where it's become evident and obvious that was the hand of God. I'm telling you, you have a place of significance in the mind of God as a believer in Christ. He will coordinate the the affairs of the world around you to bring his purpose to pass. Let's pray. Come on, pray right now. Come on, this is who you are. Whether you've recognized it yet or not, this is who we are. Come on, he'll stop traffic. Come on, he'll close the pass. He'll shut down airports. I'm telling you, this is who we are in the kingdom of God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Not my will, but thine be done. Not my will, but thine be done, Lord. Not my will, but thine be done, Jesus. Have your way. Coordinate the affairs of my life. Order my steps. I pray, oh God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I wonder what the Ethiopian eunuch, if he ever gave consideration or thought of the length that God had gone to to draw Philip out of the revival that he was involved in in Samaria and have him to go into a place in the desert just to intersect. And have the encounter that they had in that chariot with the scriptures open. He had left Jerusalem. Elder Hart was teaching one night and he brought this truth out that was so powerful. The man had been in Jerusalem. The move of God had been taking place in Jerusalem. But he never saw fit for not one individual there to intersect with this Ethiopian eunuch to share with him what he did because God had an appointed individual listen to me he had an appointed individual that would bring word into that man's life that would change the direction of his life and take him to a deeper place in God oh he was religious He was at the festivities. He was in Jerusalem. No doubt he'd been to the temple. But God had a hand-picked individual. Said, it ain't going to happen there. Down the road here. I've got it all mapped out. And Philip, he's walking with me. He's being led of my spirit. While he's praying, he's going to hear me tell him. Go out into a desert place. 
Just go. And he did. And waited until God showed him the who and the where and the what. And he just walked in his calling. I think I shared a couple of weeks ago that when I was living in New Jersey and battling alcohol so bad, drinking every night, I woke up on a street in Roebling, New Jersey one time, two old ladies looking in a windshield. Startled me. When I woke up, I had vomit all over my chest. That's the mess that I was in. My sister ran away, and that compelled me to come back to Washington just to support my mother. I did not know God was coordinating his plan for my life. There was an appointment and and a destiny just ahead that he had to get me aligned with, but it involved specific individuals. See, I could have just gone into Trenton, 444 Whitaker Avenue, gone to church, heard the gospel, responded, received the Holy Ghost, and stayed there in New Jersey doing roofing and siding. But that wasn't God's plan. He led me 3,000 miles back to Yakima, and in a matter of eight months to a year, through individuals in my life, he led me to 1118 McKinley Avenue. And the gospel was shared, and I responded, and in two weeks I was baptized and received the Holy Ghost, which was, you know, I can't say that that was the beginning of the journey. See, because he knew a long time ago, it was simply another step in the journey, and it was an appointed time in the journey, and it was a pivot, I'll grant you that, and everything changed. Where are you in that? You're in there. You're on that path. You're on that road. You're in that journey. And maybe this is the pivot. Pay close attention. Because he's coordinating the affairs of your life to get you to the place of response in the affirmative. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And then it becomes a, a daily walk of yes, Lord. And yes, no, Lord. Okay. I won't buy that motor. I don't know why. It was probably a good motor. I still need one. Not that one. Don't do that. Don't complete that. Okay. 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 You realize I could have just driven down the road and got a money order. Threw the truck on the trailer and was out of there. No, no, no. I've been through these situations enough to know. Hand of God is trying to say, oh, not, not there. This way. Come on, pray. Let's pray. Let's pray for you. Come on, I want you to pray for you. Father, let my life be established in you. Let my steps be ordered. Lead me in your way. Guide my steps. Let your purpose be accomplished in me. What am I doing here anyway? Who am I? Who am I in you? Lead me, I pray. Bring me back into that place with you.
Why don't you stand with me right now? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, reach to him. He's reaching to you. As the Holy Ghost was ministering there, it was as though I couldn't help but look across the sanctuary. My mind went back, Brother Lewis. I remember the day you stood in front of the porch in my front yard in Hera. Asking questions the first time we met. Me trying to figure out what this man about. And you trying to figure out who's this guy and what he's about. But he knew. I remember the first time you invited me to a Bible study at Priscilla Nazario's, and he knew. Carlos, I was remembering a baseball game 13 years ago when our boys weren't so tall. Every one of us, Sandra, you showing up in a class with Sister Julie wasn't a coincidence to become a nurse. The Lord ordering steps, and I just see it around the room. Across the room, Richard and Rose, you don't know it, but three days or four days before you showed up, my youngest son said, I love the jesters. I wish we had another couple that was a little older in the church. And I looked at him and I said, why don't we just pray? I don't know what the Lord's doing, but he does know what he's doing. Sister Jasmine, I remember when the Lord brought you back and you made the decision to live with your mom. The Lord knew where you were, and He was what you've probably heard at this point. But I remember praying with my daughter the month before. She said, Daddy, there's no girls my age in church. I just want a friend. And so we said, Well, let's pray for one. He knew what she needed, He knew what you needed. Daniel, I remember the day you walked into a credit union and something leapt in my spirit. I didn't know you were Joel's brother then until you told me. 
And around this room, I see individuals with destiny written upon their heart and life. And if I didn't call your name, it doesn't mean there's not an anointing and a calling of God for you. But you have to realize and receive of the Lord today that he's reached to you. He saw you where you were. Monica, when you spoke last week about praying, God, just someone come pray for me. He was affirming to you. He's reaching to you. He knows where you are and he desires to involve you in what he's doing. Come on, reach to him again. Reach to him again. Let him order your steps. Purpose to allow him to direct your paths. Come on, acknowledge to him. I'll acknowledge it, Lord. You've been reaching to me. I'm responding to you. I'm responding to you. I may have been resistant. I may have put up walls. I may have made excuses. But I'm acknowledging your voice today. I'm acknowledging the reaching of your spirit to where I am today. Why don't you ask him, what would you have of me? What would you desire of me? How can I give myself to what you're calling me to? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, take your time with him right there. This is very personal, you and him. You and the Lord. Hikarabasi. If it helps you to have the altar open to you, then the altar's open. Find a place to pray. But find a place to commune with him. He's reaching and talking to you. Come on, speak with him. Speak with him. Respond to him. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, we need to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, keep reaching to Him. Others, I'm asking you, be sensitive to the Holy Ghost right now. In the name of Jesus, Ikorodoi Arabahaye. 
In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Father, I'll yield to you.
upon the throne Lord we pray your kingdom come and Lord we pray your will be done and every eye behold the one seated high upon the throne and every tongue confess that you are Lord when your kingdom comes everything changes everything changes when your king Kingdom comes, let your kingdom come. The earth is shaking, chains are breaking. As your kingdom comes, let your kingdom come. Mountains have to move, every chain is loosed. God, we declare. Your kingdom is here, everyone will see, fall down at your feet, God we declare, your kingdom is here, everyone will see, fall down at your feet, God we declare, your kingdom is here.
Jesus' name, why don't we lift our hands and our voices to him across the sanctuary right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We magnify you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you for choosing, for ordering steps, oh God. Thank you, Lord, for expressing your love toward us. Thank you for the expression of your spirit today. Drafting us afresh and anew. Reminding us of calling and purpose in you, Father. In you, Father. In the name of Jesus. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We have heard from the Lord. Amen. And so it's important that we acknowledge that and hold to that. Hear me, it's important that we acknowledge that and hold to that so that we don't just go man that was that was touching that was inspirational I needed to hear that today and yes we needed to hear it you understand but we must hold to the word of God and acknowledge when it is God speaking to us because the enemy always tries to steal the word We prayed this the other night. I find myself praying it more often and more often. God, seal your word into my spirit. Seal your word into my spirit. Amen. Why don't we pray that afresh before we go today? Come on, if you know he's spoken to you, you know he's spoken to you today. Why don't you express that? Lord, I know I've heard from you. Now I'm asking you, seal your word into my spirit. Let it continue to speak to my life, my heart my spirit, the things you want to. Let it continue to draw me into deeper, purer, purposeful relationship with you that you intend. Let your word accomplish in us what you have sent it to accomplish. In the name of Jesus Christ, we worship you. We magnify you, O God. We thank you today. In Jesus' precious name, praise the Lord. Thank you for being with us today. Amen. We'll see you Wednesday night if we don't see you before. Greet somebody. Amen. God bless you.